0: Grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. risen. You guys are on the ball, even though it's not the Easter season, right? Because even though it's not technically the Easter season of the church year, well, because of the resurrection of Jesus, it is always the Easter season for us. His victory over death and the grave doesn't apply only certain times and under certain circumstances, but it is always in effect. And today we're celebrating All Saints Day. On this day, we remember those saints who have gone before us, who have died, trusting in Christ. And we remember, as we talked about with the kids from Revelation chapter 7, how They have been washed in the blood of Jesus, and because of that, they are right now with the Lord in his presence. And even though their bodies have been buried and await resurrection, their souls are with the Lord, and that day of resurrection will indeed happen. We know that on the last day, God will raise me and all the dead and give eternal life to me and all believers in Christ this is most certainly true. And yet, this Christian hope, this hope that we live with every single day, is dismissed by the world around us. There's, there's more pressing things to be thinking about. There's an election coming, don't you know? And I don't know if you've heard, it's the most important one of our lifetimes. You've never heard that one before, have you? And what good is it to think about eternal life when there's so much living we have to do right now, right? YOLO, you only live once. You got you to live it up right here and right now because you know, your time is running out. And of course, it is important for us to be active and to vote, and it's important for Christian voices to be heard in the political conversation. And yes, we are to enjoy the life that God has given us in the here and the now, but All Saints Day reminds us that there is so much more. You don't only live once. Resurrection life awaits. The kingdom of this world, all of the kingdoms of this world, they're all passing away. And in the new heavens and the new earth, God himself is going to reign as king in such a way that there won't be any elections and there won't be any corruption. As Christians, we live with an eternal perspective that allows us to have peace all the time in the midst of turmoil. As, as Christians, we don't have to fear missing out on, because, well, time is slipping away. We only have so much time left. We don't have to panic that we've got all these things on our bucket list and we're just not going to get all, all of them checked off before we check out. Because... We have an eternal life that awaits. You ever heard the saying, he's so heavenly minded that he's of no earthly good? There's this fear that some people have that, well, if you start thinking about these eternal things, then you're just not going to be focusing on anything of, the, of importance in the here and the now. But the truth is, because of an eternal perspective, it actually, it actually leads to living well in the here and the now. Christians are called to fulfill their duties in their God-given vocations, which means a lot of sacrifice. Parents, your job is sacrifice constantly on behalf of your kids. Church members, sacrifice their time to serve and their money that they might very well use for other things to put into the offering plate. Children might miss out on activities that other kids are doing because keeping God first is of the utmost importance. And all of these sacrifices are made a whole lot easier when you know the promises of God that are everlasting. The Lutheran Reformation, as the conservative Reformation, kept a whole lot of those appointed days in the church year, those saints' days. Yeah, we know that everyone washed in the blood of Jesus is made holy and by definition a saint. The reason uh, that we kept these saints' days, though, is, well, they're good examples. Uh, The Augsburg Confession says, our churches teach that the history of saints may be set before us so that we may follow the examples of their faith and good works according to our calling. So we don't pray to saints. We don't invoke them for help. God hears our prayers. Jesus Christ is the one mediator. And and yet, saints can be very helpful to us as we see how they lived in the midst of a fallen world, as they lived out the faith, as they attended to their God-given responsibilities. Well, today you might be thinking about a given saint, a Christian who lived by faith and exemplified how a Christian ought to live. What a blessing it is that God has given us these examples to learn from and to inspire us. Living with the sure and certain hope of the resurrection changes our perspective. It changes it for the here and the now. We're free to serve without any fear of missing out. We're free to give generously because God's going to supply our needs in the here and now. And and the abundance of God's blessings are going to be poured out in ways that we can't even imagine in the resurrection. But the world doesn't understand this. The world thinks we're crazy for living for eternity rather than living for the here and the now because the world denies that there is a resurrection that awaits and that salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ could possibly lead to a resurrection if there were to be such a thing. The appointed gospel reading for this Sunday, if we were going to use the lectionary readings for this Sunday, the 22nd Sunday after Pentecost, if you haven't lost count by now. It's from Luke chapter 20. And actually, I think it's a really perfect reading for All Saints' Day because it reminds us of resurrection life through Jesus. Let me read that with you here from Luke chapter 20, beginning at verse 27. There came some to, or they, there came to him some Sadducees, those who deny that there is a resurrection, and they asked him a question saying, "Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies having a wife but no children, the man must take a the widow and raise up the offspring uh, for his brother. Now, there were seven brothers: the first took a wife and died without children, and the second, and the third took her, and likewise all seven left no children and died. Afterward, the woman also died in the resurrection. Therefore, whose wife will that woman be? For the seven had her as wife. <laughs> so they, they set up this whole elaborate thing, and they're saying, okay, well, according to the Levitical law, uh, if, if a, a man dies, uh, well, his brother's obligation is to take that, that woman as his wife and supply a child if if that a woman has not yet had a son. Um, and so all seven brothers do this, and, and then they all die, and then she dies, and now, oh, you say there's a resurrection. Well, it's, well, are they all seven going to be married to her in the resurrection? See, what what they're doing is they're saying the the whole idea of resurrection is so absurd that we're just going to show you how absurd it is, Jesus. Well, Jesus is just quaking in his boots, isn't he? <laughs> What does he say? And Jesus said to them, the sons of this age marry and are given in marriage, but those are considered worthy to attain to the age and to the resurrection or to that age and to the resurrection from the dead. Neither marry nor are given in marriage or they cannot die anymore because they are equal to angels and are sons of God being sons of of the resurrection. But that the dead are raised, even Moses showed in the passage about the bush, where he calls the Lord the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Now, he is not the God of the dead, but of the living, for all live to him. Then some of the scribes answered, Teacher, you have spoken well, for they no longer dared to ask him any questions. See, the the Sadducees thought resurrection was a silly idea. How can somebody rise once they're dead? The Sadducees, they would have fit real well with our current day and age. It's scientifically impossible for someone to rise from the dead. Except that the one who created the rules of nature isn't bound by the rules of nature. He rules over them. As the Sadducees tried to trip up Jesus, he turns the table on them. And the Sadducees, they only accepted the first five books of the Old Testament as being scripture. They didn't accept any of the other Old Testament as being scripture. So he's like, all right, fine. I will show you just from the books of Moses that this is the reality. What does Moses say about God? He doesn't say he was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because he is the God of the living. (laughs) Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob died a long time ago. Yeah, they did. And their souls are living with the Lord, waiting for the resurrection. And so we take comfort. Those whom we love, who have died trusting in Christ, they are living. Their souls are with the Lord, even as their bodies are dead, and resurrection life... It's coming. The Sadducees, like many in our day, were consumed with politics and living for the here and now. And they lived as if tomorrow wasn't guaranteed. And in one sense, they were right. I mean, any one of us could die today. Yet, because of Jesus, tomorrow is always guaranteed. Because I've been washed in the blood of Jesus, eternal life has already begun. And so, though my body might die... My soul will live with the Lord. And though my body might die, my body will live. What a comfort, brothers and sisters in Christ. What a comfort that we can look forward to the day when Jesus will return. And those saints will be raised in perfect, sinless, immortal bodies to live with the Lord forever. And because we know that this will be, well, we can fulfill our God-given responsibilities in the here and the now without fear of missing out. Because there is an eternity of living to come. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. Now, the peace that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.